1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: It's time for Come and Talk It! with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and The New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill.
3: Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so a plot has been uncovered this week to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Also, the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, determined that the Honey Badger pistol is in violation of the National Firearms Act. Uh, so that was enacted. So we're going to find out about that. going to talk with Edwin Walker with the Texas and U.S. Long Shield. Also, in a TV crew security detail shot and killed a member of a patriot militia doing a rally in Denver, Colorado. Man, a lot going on down there in Denver. Uh, it's sad when you have your TV crews need security. That's definitely a problem. So expect to see some more of that stuff happening around the country. All right, because as these uh, the protests grow, as the election comes and goes, you know, definitely you know expect to see a little more of that, because more people are going to be carrying their guns. Um, there's going to be some people that are going to be upset about the fact that their candidate did not win the election, so some stuff is going to come going to come from that. And speaking of the election, let's talk about you know what happens when you walk into a polling place. All right, so when it comes to the election, because This week, Tuesday starts early voting. Got to walk into a polling place. You got to go vote. Early voting starts Tuesday. Then election day is in November, the first Tuesday of November. So, how do you conduct yourself if you're a gun owner and you're going to a polling location? Well, let's take it like this, all right? So let's say let's say the polling location is your favorite grocery store. Well, you walk into the grocery store. Every other day throughout the year, you have your license. You can carry your handgun inside the grocery store. You can openly carry or conceal carry your handgun in the grocery store. All right? Not a problem at all. Now, if it's early voting or election day and you go past that little sign that says no campaigning past this point, you are committing a felony if you take any weapons at all past that point. You're committing a felony. Okay? That's two to 10 years in jail. If you go past that little sign, that says no campaigning past this point. All right, we're talking polling locations. And you, you know that you can actually use your your LTC, your license to carry handgun to actually go vote. You can use that. That's an ID. So you can walk into the poll location, give them your, your license to carry handgun and, and go ahead and select your candidates. But guess what? As, you, as soon as you do that, They're actually going to start looking at you and they're going to say, hey, you know, is this person carrying a gun? And they're going to start checking you out. And if you are taking a firearm in the polling location, you're committing a felony. So don't go past that little sign. Okay, you're not going to get any warnings. There's no sign that says no guns here, anything like that. The only warnings that you're going to get is that, hey, vote for me. Election here. Uh, El vote is all you're going to (laughs) get. And that's your only warning. So. You see those signs that say, hey, vote here, vote for me, leave the gun in the vehicle. Don't even go past that little sign that says no campaigning passes point. And just so you know, if you want to look it up, that's in the Texas Penal Code 46.03. So check it out.
4: The way that the uh, penal code states it, isn't it within 100 feet of a polling location?
3: Doesn't get, doesn't get footage, but you can't go past that little, you can't go past that sign that says no campaigning passes point.
4: What if somebody picks the sign up and then moves it further in?
3: Well, that's what your election judge is for. That election judge is responsible for making sure the signs are in the correct place, and none of that stuff has been moved because they got to check that stuff every single day. What you got? Go ahead, throw it at me.
4: I thought it was 100 feet.
3: <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, we'll and we'll ask Edwin. We'll Edwin to make sure, you know, to verify that, you know, for us. Uh, so, yeah, man, I'll tell you, there's I get so many different phone calls. I get phone calls from different instructors and stuff like that. Because it's a lot of information, you know, that's supposed to be covered in a, in a course. And it doesn't matter if you're going to get your license or not. If you're going to carry a gun, you know, even without a license, you're going to carry a gun in your vehicle, whatever. You still need to take a course to learn what the laws are. Because I'm telling you, you make these little mistakes like this. You go to the grocery store. You park within, you know, past that little point that says no campaign. passes pass this point. Something happens. You pull your gun out. Guess what? You're committing a felony. That's two to ten years in jail. So don't forget it. Any questions about that? Good. <laughs> now, <laughs> now let's talk about this plot that was uncovered this All week right. to kidnap the governor of Michigan. What you okay. got?
4: Okay, so um,
3: thirteen
4: men have been charged. Thirteen. In, thirteen men have been charged in a plot against the Michigan, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Michigan governor and police. Um, from what I have read and researched, there are six men charged in federal court that have been charged with conspiring to kidnap uh, Gretchen Whitmer. They're part of a paramilitary paramilitary group called the Wolverine Watchmen. They're not Proud Boys. They're not white supremacists. They're not—nothing no, like that. They're Wolverine Watchmen, part of the paramilitary group. Um, there's a video that was showing one of the leaders of the group um, saying you know Trump is not your friend. They're not tr- that, well. At least this specific individual is not a Trump supporter. Um, and then there were another seven men in addition to those six who were seeking to start a civil war quote civil war by storming the Capitol building with uh, armed and and dangerous. That's that was the that was what that plot was, and federal agents
3: foiled that. And that's that's crazy. I mean. You know, this is going to be the problem. This is why uh, cons- uh, cons- constitutional carry is not going to get passed in Texas because little things like this. This is stuff that will come up doing when, when they're in session to say, hey, this is why you cannot pass this. This is why you're not going to be to pass that. These are going to be the reasons they're going to bring this stuff up, and that's going to kill it right there. I'm telling you right now. Don't take my word for it. Just wait. When the hearing starts, I guarantee you the first anti-gun person that gets up is gonna mention this incident so, right here.
4: I wanna I wanna mention two more things. So the these two uh different sects of people here, the six men that were charged for kidnapping and the seven that were charged with uh They say they don't even get along with each other. Well, they were it's two different groups. I don't know what the second group is, but they say that this was going on for months. Mm. There was months of planning going into this and they uh, they actually rehearsed rehearsed her kidnapping. Wow! <laughs> they really they really put a lot of effort into this. And one of the men from one of the groups was actually pardoned in Delaware the the last year. For so what? I, I, give me give me a second. Okay. I'll get back to you. But the the um yeah it's it's regardless it's uh the, what the reason they did it was because they were saying that she was acting tyrannical using her powers to shut things down and that the, uh, the shutdown orders regarding coronavirus were uh,
3: unconstitutional. See, this is the problem when you, when you have little rich kids that get involved in politics and you don't get things your way. You're not gonna get, things are not going to happen your way. Things are not going to always go your way. But what's going to happen is, you know, you know, you're privileged. Get rid of that privilege. It's not going to happen your way. What you do is you wait two years, three years, four years, you go vote. That's what you do. And that's how you get rid of people that you don't like. You don't like what they're doing, you don't like their politics, then you vote them out of office. You come up with arguments, you debate the issue, and you get them removed from office. That's how you do it. You don't execute a plot that kills someone. Are you people crazy? You're losing your mind. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk
5: Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk
1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk
5: 1370 The Right Choice.
2: Welcome back to Come and It. and now here's Michael Cargill.
3: All right, so we're back, and we're talking about this plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan. You mean to tell me, you old heads, old hags, there, pl- you know, plotted a plan to kidnap the governor? You do know they're gonna put you under the jail, and that's exactly what you deserve. You don't like what your governor is doing. You get a you get a candidate to run against this person, and you remove them from office. That's what you do. There's no, you know, you, my goodness, you know, I don't know what this, this atmosphere is. I don't know what's going on around the country where the, you're, the president that's in office, you don't like their politics, and people just lose their minds. You know, whether you're on the left, whether you're on the right, doesn't matter what it is, what side you're on. What you do is you vote them out of office. You can't plot to kill someone. Unless they steal your guns.
4: That it was a kidnapping. <laughs> it was a kidnapping plot. Just joking. <laughs> it was a kidnapping plot. I don't that's, think they were plotting on that's killing a, them. That's
3: an inside joke.
4: But regardless, <laughs> um, so we talked earlier about how uh one of the gentlemen was pardoned and you asked me what the crimes were. Right. Um his name was Barry Croft, forty four years old from 44. Delaware. And Democratic Governor in, in April two thousand nineteen, Democratic Governor, which is ironic because he's plotting to kidnap a Democratic Governor. Wow! Democratic Governor John Carney granted so, him so a they, pardon for the nineteen ninety seven gun charge. So which these was, a bunch of Democrats that actually plotted this for sure. Well, oh, wow. well, okay. I don't want to say for sure, but they aren't. They are not
3: Trump uh, pro Trump from what I have seen. Oh, so this is not going to get on, man. no traction. Come on, man, <laughs> <laughs> no traction. Nothing's going to come from the media about this one. I'm sure. Well.
4: Or they'll spin it and make it look like they're Trump supporters, right. which is, I think, what's happening. But or at least that they're right wing, which they could be. I, I really don't know what their their political affiliation is. But we're um, gonna blame
3: Trump anyway, because regardless, problem,
4: right? the the crimes that he was pardoned for were from a series of crimes between 1994 and 1996, including assault, burglary, theft, and receiving stolen property. Bunch of criminals. Bunch of thugs.
3: Yeah, I guess so. Wow, you're gonna kill the Michigan governor? Really? I, I still don't get this.
1: you are a kidnapper. Kidnap.
3: Kidnap, kill, whatever. This is just ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This is getting out of control, it's getting out of hand, and you're going to, you know, whatever you're trying to get done, you're going to it's going to kill it for whatever, you know, for everyone else. Well,
4: it depends how the media it depends how the media spins
3: it, right? That's true too. So if they say, "Hey, these are a bunch
4: of Trump supporters trying to kill the the governor of Michigan," then it's going to make them look bad. But the fact of the matter is one of the gentlemen um had recorded a, a video
3: on his webcam, and he said they weren't even secretive about this. This was like a Facebook group, right? They are all doing this online. Well, it's a it's a militia. Yeah, they're all well. They're all talking about it online, though, on social media. Were they? Yeah. Okay. Not even secretive about it. Well,
4: um, one guy had said uh, he had made a webcam video, and he was saying Trump is not your friend. We don't like Trump. Blah blah blah. And he had an anarchy uh, banner on the wall behind him. So these are definitely not. Um, you know your establishment or or mainstream conservative neocon neoliberal anything like that, and it, I would I would I would go out of my way to say that they maybe are possibly boogaloo affiliated, but that's maybe might be on a stretch. Like I a wish we stretch. had Derek here today because he would be somebody that could, that would maybe have an inside track on this because he's you know he's a boogaloo. I don't know if he's a boogaloo, but he's a. He's familiar with the the politics of the Boogie Boys. Mm. What is a boogaloo, dude? A boogaloo, man. What does that mean to you? Look, Zach, let me tell you what it what it means to me is the Boogaloo Boys are a bunch of dudes that essentially, at bare bones, are anti government, and they do not want uh, tyranny setting in across the country. That's what they're libertarians. I would say they're libertarians, uh both left and right leaning libertarians. Very minimal government. If and maybe some of them border on anarchy. I I but I, I'm not familiar with anyone that's actually in that movement.
2: Okay.
3: And hey, and what's going on with this uh the Williamson County Sheriff, you know, Sheriff Chody. Oh Chody? Yeah, because um I mean I, what, what a I, name, what a name, right? Chody. <laughs> well, I, I, I like the, the Williamson County DA. You know, I've, I've actually talked to the DA. We've actually had him on the radio show. I've actually had him come and talk um, at one of the events for one of my groups and stuff like that. And that guy's the real deal. No, the, Chody? No, d- the district attorney, uh, Mr. Dick. <laughs> That's his last name. The DA. Oh, okay. So you thought I was making a joke. Yeah. (laughs) No, that is his name. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, so you know, he's 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 a real deal. He's actually a good guy. Sean Dick. Um, Yeah, Sean Dick. He's he's a great guy. Um he is actually he believes in, you know, if he if he brings charges against you, he actually believes that. I mean, he's the real deal. He is genuine. And so if that guy, you know, if he decides to send something to the grand jury, he gets a conviction. uh, his intentions are good. He's not he's not doing it for a political gain. So they're trying to spin this like he's a bad guy. And I don't think this guy is the bad guy. This district attorney in Williamson County, Sean Dick, is not the bad guy. This guy has good intentions. So if he brought this case, you know, if he, brought, if he brings a case against me, I got to look within myself and think, okay, I may have done something wrong here. You know, so they're trying to pin him as the, the bad guy, and I don't think so. And we're talking about uh, uh, Williamson County uh, Sheriff uh, Chody uh, in this case of, that we were talking last week, which is... Um, the young man that actually was tased by the Williamson County Sheriff's Department and was killed, Javier Ambler, and was actually killed, uh, actually died from that. And the fact that all of a sudden now the Williamson County Sheriff is taunting the fact, Sheriff Chody is taunting the fact that, guess what, they have drones. They have all these drones in the county. Well, guess what? Did any of your drones actually record you tasing this guy to the point that he died? Well, I like to know that. <laughs>
4: yeah, it is very. It's a very. Um, there's discrepancies
3: right. all over the, all across the board on this. It, case. And it doesn't matter if you're. And and I was upset about the fact that this guy ran. He didn't stop. You know, by law enforcement. Yes, you need to stop. You need to comply. And I teach this in class. You know something's going on. You don't like what police officers are doing. You can't debate it on the side of the road. You can't debate it there. You're not going to you win your hash case. Get it out in court. That is right. You get an attorney and you take it to court. You comply. If an officer is going to arrest you, they're going to arrest you. You can't run. You can't hide. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. The best thing to do is to comply, because guess what? You know who the system protects. The system protects law enforcement, doesn't protect individuals. You know, and I had this conversation with someone, you know, earlier. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Go ahead.
4: The system also protects people. No, it doesn't. With money.
3: Yeah, that's true. If you have money, it protects you.
4: Hey, Casey, can you do the cha-ching
3: sound next time? Money. Money. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way it works. So the Show system, me the money. <laughs> the system is designed to protect police officers in 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 the words of WEB Du Bois, uh a system is ca- a system cannot fail those it was never built to protect.
4: Yeah, well That's where you get into qualified immunity and police unions and all that kind of stuff. But that we've we've kind of beaten a dead horse at that point because sure. even conservatives and and libertarians and liberals and I think everybody across the board pretty much is sort of fed up with that kind of stuff, you know?
3: Yeah. And I think that's why people are protesting. That's why I'm not really beating up protesters that much because I understand. I get it.
4: Well, yeah, but when it becomes I rioting it. is when it's bad. But I get it. You know, I, I had a conversation the other day with somebody and they were saying that the burning these businesses down is not that big of a deal because of Oh, insurance. that's a big deal. And I was, I, I, thought, no. I thought, what are you talking about? Like, there's deductibles. Insurance doesn't cover everything. Insurance is a scam in itself. I, 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 we're not going to talk about that another time. Right. But... It takes years to build a business. You know that, mm-hmm. and I'm. I also do a bunch of like freelance. Insurance stuff. I mean,
3: companies do not always want to pay out.
4: They don't care about you. No, they they're don't. insurance companies.
3: I have insurance, and someone tried to break into our business. I end up paying for that cost. The insurance company exactly. did not pay for that. And Michael, paid Michael, let me ask you. The insurance company wanted. They wanted all these documents. They wanted this. They wanted that. They wanted the 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 nine one one you know call copies of this and and copies of the and it alarm and, and call. takes time out of yes. your day and, and time today, is money time is money when you're a business owner. I'm arguing with them right now still today that that a little from, from a little from, break from in b- from months all
4: those months from ago from June
3: that was on Jesus. the news See, I'm arguing with my insurance company right now and trying to cover and that. And, and people have the the the
4: exactly the tenacity Zach to say that. Those it's ball. not that big of a deal to burn down somebody's business. I mean, some of these people are
3: barely living paycheck to paycheck off these their business anyway. That's why the Texas law says if, if you're committing arson, doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime, you can use force of daily force to stop someone. Yeah. So I have a Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Burn it down. Do what you got to do. That's called arson in Texas. And we can use force of daily force to stop you. Hey, I, I, gotta, uh, I have a clarifying
4: question for you. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and they were curious if— Somebody is in your yard trespassing. In you, your yard trespassing. You cannot use... Daily face. No, no, I'm sorry. In your yard trespassing with a gun. They're
3: trespassing, okay? So they're trespassing. Now, is it criminal trespass? Now, if they're open carrying a long arm... What's criminal trespass? Doesn't matter if they're open carrying a long arm. They can carry a long arm. So, criminal trespass. You've asked them to leave. They refuse to leave. That's criminal trespass. You kind of have to call a police officer. Police officer shows up. You tell this person from the police officer to leave... Uh, they refuse to leave, that's criminal trespass. They leave and come back, that's criminal trespass. You can only use force. You cannot use deadly, deadly force. force. Okay, so I was right. I was right about that. That's why I told him. If, now, if it's criminal mischief during the nighttime, then you can use deadly force or criminal mischief at night. So that's when you can start taking pot shots with or, the 12 gauge. Or theft at night, you know, but what is nighttime?
4: 30 minutes after sun, sundown. 30 minutes before
3: and 30 oh, minutes after. You got it. I
4: That's right. passed the test. You passed uh, Well, the I test. just
3: wanted to clarify that because I I do have I have had those uh, people ask me those we questions. We come back from the break. We're going to have Edwin Walker on Texas U.S. Law Shield. We're going to talk about the NFA, the Honey Badger. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
5: Talk thirteen seventy.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill.
3: All right, so we're back, and we're going to talk about the uh, the militia member that actually was shot and killed by TV crew's security guard. What's that all? What's all? <laughs> What's going on with that crap?
4: Okay, so this, this guy John, this guy John Teagan, set up a, a Patriot muster, as it was called, and it was a bunch of uh, you know right wing militia groups in Denver, Colorado, having a rally. And towards the end of the day, there had been you know there was a there was a BLM counter protest set up nearby, and there was you know some clashing, but nothing. From what I understand, nothing very violent, and nothing you know out uh, a no grievous you know vi- uh, uh cla- no grievous violence was was committed until towards the end when people were leaving mm-hmm. there was a I, and I I do not know the exact details but I guess what uh happened here was that one of the members of the para- uh, of the uh, militia group that was involved with Patriot Muster was had maced a an NBC television crew's security guard and they, the guy shot him in the head and killed him, and, uh, and this was in, you know, broad daylight, and, uh, anyways, I, I want to, uh, clarify something that on the Facebook page we made a post, uh, you know, posting a story, and originally it was reported, and this is, you know, aggregate news, so we're reporting what we hear, and originally it was reported that it was a BLM counter protester that shot this guy, which was, which was inaccurate, this was, a television crew. So the
3: initial reports came out that it was B. A. Lim. The initial it- reports right. were
4: were false. It was it was inaccurate. It was it was bad sometimes. reporting. Yeah, and so so there's uh, this is yet another uh, rally though. Regardless of who's committing the, the shooting, this is yet another rally where someone like you know a a, a militia member is killed or Garrett Foster was killed here in Austin. Or, you know, what have you, you know, it's 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 happening over and over
3: and over, whether it's left, right or center or whatever the, the political. That's because you get people that are carrying guns and they're not, you know, they don't know what the laws are. They're not you know, up to date on their use of force and daily force. So, you know, you think that you can actually, you know, you're driving on the interstate. Someone's driving on the interstate. and You decide to block the roadway. You're going to jump on the interstate, you know, like, for instance, what happened in Colorado. And you're going to ex- you're going to start a protest by jumping on the interstate. Yeah, you have a right to – you have a First Amendment right, you know, absolutely, but you're blocking a roadway. Now, because you're blocking a roadway, you can't all of a sudden just shoot and kill – you know, shoot at someone because they're driving on the interstate that you're blocking. Well, here's my question. In this scenario – and I know I don't have all of the facts
4: because I found out about this yesterday. Okay. Um, The um the guy – this mili- the, the militia member who – who maced this guy, was he committing some sort of an assault there where it, it is reasonable for the security crew to shoot him dead? So
3: it's going to depend on the state. So, like, in Texas— This you is know, Colorado. Okay, yeah. In Texas, if you perceive someone to—you know, they're trying to kill you. If they're using aggravated kidnapping, murder, they're trying to kill you. So aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery, you can use force, daily force to stop them. So the question is: Was this person trying to kill them? Did he did he reasonably believe they're trying to kill him? So that's in Texas. So I can't speak for Colorado. So, it, like, how do you determine if somebody's reasonably
4: trying to kill you? I mean, if somebody comes at you with their arms, you know, or their hands or whatever, puts you in a headlock and tries to strangle you to death, yeah. you can kill that person.
3: Absolutely, yeah, they can choke you out and kill you. Absolutely. So, All right. okay. yeah, Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, not calling number, not yet, is 512 643 5483. That's 512 643 5483. But I think we got Edwin Walker. Okay, so we're going to have Edwin Walker on here shortly. We're going to talk to him about this case that's going on with the honey badger. Definitely want to talk to him about that. Before we get to Edwin, before we get to our caller, you know, I want to talk about, you know, Derek Chauvin was released on a $1 million bail. What's Derek that? Chauvin, that's, Chauvin? The, that's the, uh, the police
4: officer who uh, kneeled on George Floyd's back. He was just released from jail on a $1 million dollar
3: bail. Okay. What's up with the police officer in North Texas? Who shot that guy who was breaking up a domestic dispute? Yeah, and then they put him in a different jail, a different county? What's up with that? Yeah, so they arrested him. They put him in jail, but he's not in the jail of where it happened. He's actually in jail in a different county. Well, it ha- might have something to do with protective
4: custody, maybe, because no. they think that he might get killed in that jail.
3: Oh, well, okay. Why the, uh, So, why do you need to be treated special?
4: Well, they do that with pedophiles and child molesters and rapists. And do they? Also, how? I mean, I've i never heard that before. <laughs> well, have you ever been to jail? No, I haven't. I have. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I'm just saying, like, people can ask to be put in PC, and if they do, they get different so, treatment. You and, put-
3: so you put him in solitary confinement
4: or something like that. It, it, it's a different if it differs jail to jail, but yeah.
3: Okay. All right. All right. So let's talk about, man, let's talk about this Honey Badger uh, because the ATF, they actually sent a cease and desist letter to, you know, the people that make the Honey Badger and said, hey, you need to stop what you're doing. Let's find out what's going on with that. Let's go to Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law show. Edwin, you're on with come and coming talking, sir.
6: How you doing, Mike? Thanks for having me. Hey, Edwin, what's going on
3: with this? You know, I have people calling me. People are in the shop today on a Sunday bringing me their guns. Say, hey, look at this. Do I have to turn this gun in, too? It's similar to the, the Honey Badger. I have this Mossberg shockwave. You know, do I have to turn that in? You know, I or I have this this AR pistol. You know, do I need to get rid of it? Because it's similar to the, you know, to the Honey Badger. So what's what's going on? What do we need to do here?
6: Well, you know, I don't want to say anything that's going to send off a wave of panic. The sky is falling. The sky is falling, yes. Uh, But, you know, this is exactly, you know, you and I both know how long we've been talking about the uh, stabilizing brace. And uh, this looks like it goes, you know, it's, it's going to come down to the stabilizing brace, which the ATF has been, you know, they, they were unclear, but then they were really clear. And they said, hey, if you use it as designed, you're A-OK. And then they said, even if you shoulder it, but you don't alter it, you're A-OK. Um, and so now they have uh, targeted a pistol, a specific pistol. Pistol, You know, this doesn't apply. They didn't make, they didn't make some sort of uniform ruling. Uh, They didn't, they didn't go ahead and and make a determination about all pistols that have uh, stabilizing arm braces. Uh, They, the Honey Badger is specifically made with a stabilizing arm brace. Okay. Mm. So if you go and you buy one, it comes from the factory. You don't have to put one on it. It already comes that way. And so Basically, the ATF released a very, or they they sent a very confusing letter to the manufacturer, which is a company called Q, and just kind of an interesting side note. Q is based in New Hampshire; they are manufacturer based in New Hampshire. So, while they are technically in the live free or die state, uh, you have to, uh, you, you may be interested to know that the ATF field office that oversees uh, Q. Is based out of guess what Boston, so you can imagine that there are probably not many pro Second Amendment uh, people who uh, embrace uh, development of firearms in the Boston uh, field office. Mm. So they're the ones that have kind. Of, they're the ones that sent the letter. They're the ones that kind of instigated this. Now, what is disturbing is that, uh, and I've listened to a couple interviews with the the guy who owns Q. And uh, if, you, if people are looking up the letter, they'll see that it's addressed at the beginning of August. And so they may think to themselves, wow, it's been 60 days since they were told to do this. And now we're just now hearing about it. Right. Well, apparently the manufacturer, uh, Q manufacturer, has been attempting since August to work with the ATF to figure out what specifically is wrong with the Honey Badger, what specifically are they talking about, because they make mention of a couple of different things. They mention the arm brace, they mention the length of the barrel, they mention the bear- the fact that the barrel is rifled. Uh, so they they apparently have taken what they are terming, a and I'm using my air quotes, a holistic approach to looking at the weapon itself and for some reason, out of all the, you know, pistols uh, that look like or function like or are the same size as the Honey Badger, they have chosen to uh, focus in on three weapons made by Q. Uh, so far, it's been the Honey Badger, but they also are looking at one ma- manufactured by Q called the Mini Fix, And they're also looking at one manufactured by Q called the uh, Sugar Weasel. I guess that's sort of a... You know, obviously a play on the word honey badger. Um, but um, but that's, what's, that's what's going on now. And it is very concerning that they are taking this holistic look. Um, but it is kind of reminiscent of the way that they looked at the Mossberg shockwave. And, you know, fortunately, the ATF came down on the site of right, truth, and justice on the Mossberg shockwave but apparently have not taken that same position with regard to this honey badger. And so uh, basically if uh, what I would advise people is if, if somebody is in possession of the honey badger specifically, you know, not a honey badger copy, not another uh, firearm manufactured by a, a different maker made, you know, manufactured by SIG or, you know, Daniel defense or, you know, rock river, if Springfield, anybody else who's making a similar firearm, that if they are in the position of the Honey Badger, that it probably just to be on the safe side, uh, go ahead, disassemble it, because it is not against the law to be in possession of the parts that make up a short barrel rifle. It is only illegal to be in possession of the short barrel rifle itself. And also keep in mind that they did not specifically pass judgment on the stabilizing brace. Uh, they're only looking at the, the stabilizing brace in terms of it being manufactured as part of the Honey Badger. And so I would say uh, people who own stabilizing braces, don't freak out. If you own other firearms, don't freak out uh, yet. And I say yet because this could very well be a camel's nose sort of thing. You know, this is the camel's nose under the tent. So I guess the ATF is going to see how far they can get away with. Uh, Pushing Q around, which is a relatively small company. And that's probably why they another reason they went after them, uh, thinking that they would not have the will or the gumption or the resources to fight back that hard. Also, uh, keep in mind, you know, I know uh, there will be quite a few people out there that will say, you know, this is Trump's ATF and they're going after guns again, sort of like they did with the, uh, you know, with the bump stock thing. But Uh, Keep in mind, at at these ATF field offices and in the middle management, you know, you're dealing with career bureaucrats. So these are people that have been uh, members of the ATF way before Trump became president. But that being said, he certainly has the power to issue an executive order or get the Department of Justice to re-examine this, back off of this. Uh, And also, just one other little nugget, I've been talking a while, uh, that In the event that the ATF chooses to try to prosecute somebody, Mm. it's not going to be the ATF, it's the Department of Justice. And so the ATF can make, the ATF is merely a police agencies. They can make all the accusations they want. They can do all the investigation they want. uh, But if the Department of Justice, if the U.S. attorneys look like they are going to embrace this position by the ATF, uh, then yeah, we are in real trouble.
3: All right, so we're talking with Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas U.S. Law Shield. We're talking about the Honey Badger. Talking about if you have a Honey Badger, you may want to take it apart. There's two little pins. Pop those pins out. Take it apart. Separate the upper from the lower, and then you're not in possession of an illegal firearm. Uh, but if you have other guns, you're not talking about those. They're talking about the Honey Badger. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Peace, this is Maj Ture. You're listening to Common Talk at Radio
1: with Michael Carter. talk 137 the right choice
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk it and now here's Michael Cargill
3: Okay we're back we're talking about the Honey Badger with Texas US Law Shield principal attorney Edwin Walker talking about the company Q and how their Honey Badger uh, they actually receive a cease and desist order from the Alcohol Tobacco and Firearms Explosive uh, Division of the Department of Justice there to say, hey, stop making what you're making. So let's go to the phone lines. Our call-in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Let's go to our caller, Matthew. Matthew, you are to come and talk? It.
5: Hey, Mike.
3: All right. So, How's it going? All right. What's your question, Matthew?
5: So my question is for our wonderful attorney here. So – I I know Q is a maker of the Honey Badger, but are they the actual maker of the Honey Badger? Because if I remember correctly, it's Advanced Armament Corporation who is the original designer of said Honey Badger. And my question revolves around what happened with Black Ace Tactical a while back where they were importing shotguns from Turkey that were 14 inches long, had the shockwave grip on them, and they were converting them and then selling them with a pistol brace. And they were told that by converting them… That was given a, that was creating a short barrel shotgun for sales.
3: Hey, Edwin, you got any, okay. th- any thoughts on that?
6: Well, um, that's a lot of very specific knowledge that I <laughs> am not, <laughs> I'm not a really yep, aware of. Uh, uh, but uh, but this, the letter was sent to Q. It only affects Q, it only affects people who have purchased the Honey Badger. And so uh, currently, Q is in negotiations, I guess, with uh, with the ATF. And, and I kind of mm-hmm. want to go back to a point that I was attempting to make earlier that uh, the letter came out in August. Apparently, they have been trying to work with the ATF for the last two months to figure mm-hmm. out what to do about mm-hmm. redesigning the Honey Badger, what to do specifically about what information they are required to pass along to their customers who have purchased okay. the Honey Badger. Uh, And, of course, you know, it's going to be an administrative nightmare if all of these individuals who purchased the Honey Badger are faced with the choice of either uh, submitting, um, I guess, retroactively a Form 4. Uh, I know that one of the points that I heard that they had discussed was allowing people who currently possess the Honey Badger to... Uh, have them and basically grandfathered them in, and apparently that the that was a non-ish starter with the ATF. They were not going to have any of that. So if you do own an anti-badger, you're going to have to uh, uh, submit it, you know, submit a, a Form mm-hmm. 4 to try to get the tax stamp. So yeah. I'm unaware about this specific, you know, uh, uh, shotgun, Turkish shotgun that you're talking about. But Yeah, no, because if, the
5: reason why is if, because I have a lot of people and what they want to do is they want to buy the Mossberg shockwave or the Remington 870 with the bird's head style shockwave grip and then just go home and slap on a pistol brace, SBA pistol brace, onto it. And to me personally, because of the way the law has stated that that is a firearm only in that configuration, by altering it in any way, that would require a Form 1 for a short barrel shotgun.
6: You know, I, certainly I agree with that inclination. Uh, because of the the unique place that the Mossberg Shockwave and its copycats kind of uh, reside in, because mm-hmm. you know that that's kind of the uh, even though it is designed to be fired with both hands, uh, it's a shotgun specifically because it's not designed to be fired from the shoulder. Uh, if the mm-hmm. ATF were to say, "Look, you've you know you've attached this device, um, which we have previously said is okay," however in this particular configuration, uh, you have sufficiently redesigned. Uh, the yeah. thing about this is, what, one thing Which is that, what, that- Yeah, that and that's what is happened
5: proposed. to, yeah. I, mean, I do apologize for interrupting, but that's exactly what happened to Black H is They were taking shotguns that were pre-configured with a bird's head grip, altering them with a pistol brace in their own workshops, and then selling them out. They got hit hard and were required to recall every single one. We had customers coming in with those.
6: Well, that's, um, you know, that may be what happens here. And that, I think that that's one thing that Q was negotiating with the ATF, that they would be able to uh, either provide the ATF with a list, a, ser- a serial number list of the, the uh, <clears throat> sort of you have sort of the pre-ban uh, rifles, similar to whenever the 1994 assault weapons ban went into effect, uh, that the, the ATF had a list of uh, honey badgers that were already out there on the market. Uh, that those would be exempt, uh, but because the, obviously the last thing that Q wants to do, uh, and it may be the financial burden may be so substantial that it may actually put them out of business, is having to recall and refund uh, everybody who currently owns a honey badger, and so that's you know that that would be a very devastating blow to them. Uh, and the thing about it is, is this is the sort of thing that the ATF would use as precedents; uh, it would embolden them. To go after bigger fish next time, um, and the thing about it is that you know I don't want to turn this into the you know, political, uh, but we are, pardon me, we are a month away from the election, and mm-hmm. this is this is exactly the type of stuff uh, that not just the ATF would be capable of doing, but that certain politicians who are running on certain platforms that would say that certain rifles have to now retroactively have a two hundred dollar tax stamp. In order to be legally possessed, uh, that is expressly stated on certain politicians' websites, yeah. uh, that if those people get into office, it, it, it will be extremely troubling, is a mild way to put it. Oh, it yeah, Absolutely, be because right
5: now, as of uh, the other thing that the ATF has always said, is that a pin and well job on a 14 half inch barrel with a two and a half two and three quarter inch uh muzzle device will make a 16 inch overall length rifle so will that be the next thing they go after or is it my concern because i have a couple
6: of those or i used to have a couple of those yeah and you know that that the thing about it is is that that's what um the anti-gun folks and the anti-gun members of you know the deep state, if I can go ahead and use a conspiracy a conspiracy term, uh, what they have done is is that instead of attacking the firearms directly because they do realize that only Congress has the ability to, you know flat out, prohibit or regulate the firearms themselves, is that they have turned their attention to uh, firearms accessories, um, which is, you know, which is, which clearly is aimed at the, at the AR platform, because that's what the AR platform, that's one of its, that's one of its greatest features is that it can be accessorized uh, so extensively. And so these anti-gun folks say, well, if we can't go after the gun, we're going to go after the accessories. And so, uh, you know, we, we were able to do it pretty good with the bump stock. Now we're going to go after the stabilizing brace and we're going to go after the binary trigger. We're going to go after the threaded barrel and, And we're going to go after the large capacity magazines and, uh, you know, so so basically it's it's sort of death by a thousand cuts, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All
3: right. Any other questions you got for uh, Edwin and Matt?
5: Let's see anything else I can think of. I think mostly it was just the pistol braces, the honey badger issue and mostly, yeah, all that stuff. All right, awesome. But I wanted to do one thing if you're okay with it, Mike, and go back to what you were talking about with the governor and the Boogaloo boys. Okay. Ah, most of them are very much in the idea of just leave us alone, let us do what we want. We are we don't really like the gov, but we won't complain as long as you don't get into our business. What the left what the people who I guess wanted to get the governor out are not the same group of people.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. In my mind. So there's different that's a nasty little group there. Yeah, yeah, that's just a national group who's just taking decided, you know what, we hate, we hate
5: these guys, and we're going to try to give them a bad look by uh, trying to imitate them.
3: Okay. Yeah, because they're taking a step a little further there. Mm-hmm. No, the only thing that the Boogaloo
5: Boys will ever do is probably protest and say, you know what, if you come after us anyway, we're going to do something. They are not the progressive, we're going to do something first to cause all kinds of major havoc.
3: Okay. All right, awesome. All right, thank you, Matt. No problem. All Catch right. you later. All righty. All right, so Edwin, um, well, not Edwin, but I want to ask you guys, ask you, <laughs> Zach, uh, Governor Abbott is leaving it up for the county judges to decide if bars can open. So I think this is a slick way that the governor is actually putting the county judges on the hook here. You know, because if he says, "Hey, let's leave it up to the county judge to decide whether or not a bar can open," if you do that, and you're a bar, you're closed and your county judge won't allow you to open, that rallies people to go vote to get this person put out of office. What do you think about that? So I think he's actually being pretty smart.
4: So you think he's trying to get the judges voted out?
3: Yeah, especially like Travis County. Who's so, the judge in Travis County? Well, that, the judge that's actually there in Travis County is actually running for state senator, so that person has actually resigned that seat. So it's an open seat. So that's, you know, you're like, hey, that's that's a key point there. All right, we come back from the break. I'm gonna go back to Edwin. I got some questions for Edwin Walker there at Texas U.S. Law Shield. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
6: This is Chloe on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill.
3: All right, so we're back, and we're talking about, you know, what I want to talk about now is that uh, the White Settlement shooting, uh, because Edwin, I heard that Texas and U.S. Law Shield defended the um, the instructor, the fire instructor that actually protected the church and stopped that shooter at the White Settlement Church. Is that correct?
6: Yes, that is correct. Um, yes, I, I, didn't, I didn't even
3: tell you we are going to talk about this, you know, but I heard that yesterday. I was in the... LTC course. And uh, the, the the guys from uh, uh, Texas New Year's Law Shield, they were doing their presentation in the class, said, hey, you know, and I was talking about that shooting. And they said, hey, you know who defended that person? I said, no. They're like, we did. I said, like, really? So, well, I'm going to ask Edwin that tomorrow. I'm not going to tell him. I'm just going to ask him on air.
6: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we're very proud of, uh, the, of the actions of, of Jack Wilson uh, for protecting himself, his con- uh, the congregation uh, there at the White Settlement Church of Christ. Um, he is a, a law shield member the afternoon that that happened. Um, I remember it very well. I was not working the hotline, but uh, one of our great lawyers was working the hotline. Uh, he took the call and uh, uh, the, one of the Dallas area lawyers was able to immediately respond, um, has been there you know, side by side uh, with him the entire time. And uh, you know, while, while many believe that it was probably a foregone conclusion, that he would be no-billed, um, you know, he, he was, it was a formally, officially no bill this, uh, either past, this past week or the week before.
3: And see, that's important because a lot of people think, you know, look at that, that case there, that situation, you know, that still had to go to a grand jury. He still had to have an attorney, you know, with him through that grand jury phase. And if he did not have an attorney, you know, you, you're, even if you're justified in your shooting, it's clearly justified. It still has to go to a grand jury and you have to get it, you know, no build. Because that's, you know, one that helps you well, that takes care of the criminal case and it also helps you with the civil case. And it's gonna cost you money if you don't have an attorney. And a lot of people don't understand that. That that they think bullets are expensive right now. They think they're <laughs> a dollar. Let me tell Wait till you, you go to court. If you can find it. But if you go to court, you know what? When you fire that gun, that's a ten thousand dollar bullet. Ten grand is what it's gonna cost you.
6: Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that, uh, you know, of course, whenever the police respond to any type of shooting, even a shooting that does not wind up with a, uh, uh, an injured party or a deceased party, uh, the police are still going to be there asking a bunch of questions. And so you have to know what to say, what not to say. Um, you have to know, you know, when to tell the police uh, that you were defending yourself, defending someone else. Uh, know exactly, you know, what type of words the police are looking for, and which, you know, a lot of people think that all they got to say is, I was defending my life, in which that's not it. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a nuance. lot of uh, technical, yeah, nuance that goes into that, uh, especially with regard to the establishment of the uh, legal presumptions that of course everybody wants or everybody should want anytime they use either force or deadly force. So it does not even have to be a shooting. It can be Mm -hmm. simply a situation where you had to show your gun or a situation where you had to use your fist or another type of weapon. Um, You know, any use of force or deadly force is going to be uh, in large part affected by whether or not the police and ultimately the prosecutors agree or are persuaded that you should have the benefit of the legal presumption that your use of force or deadly force was reasonable. And so that's what, you know, instead of saying, uh, you know, instead of saying that, you know, somebody attacked me, uh, you should be specific about, you know, did they invade a specific area like your home or your car? Uh, what did they do to make you think not just that they were going to injure you, but that they were going to give you serious bodily injury or perhaps death? Now, uh, now so you just, have to know to, to couch it in those terms.
4: So, just to just to to clarify and give perspective to people in case they forgot what case we're talking about. The white settlement shooting was at a church, and a, a gunman entered the church through a back door, and uh, this guy Jack Wilson shot him. As he was about to kill somebody, right? No, no, no he, he had already did.
6: shot and killed. Yeah. He so shot he, two he
4: individuals. Had, okay, both
6: of them ultimately died.
4: Okay, so he had already shot and killed two people, but he was. It was a essentially what I was trying to get at is that he prevented a like a mass shooting.
6: Yes, it was, and and Jack Wilson is a he is quite the marksman.
4: Yeah, I, that was a was, that was
6: a what twenty yards. Yeah. He was able to shoot all the way across, you know, a big, a large portion of the church, right. Not hit anybody else, not putting anybody in danger. I believe he yeah. shot one time. Yes. And one shot, it, was it was one shot. A, and it was a headshot. A headshot. Yes. So, uh, so Jack Wilson, you know, obviously a fine individual, uh, he's been uh, honored and awarded by the governor. Um, he, you know, stopped a mass shooting because, uh, clearly the in fact, the two individuals that that sadly lost their lives that day uh, were were large men. you know he 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 obviously targeted the individuals who he thought would be the greatest resistors uh, and put them out of commission first right right uh, so that he would just have a a church full of weak targets. Well, then that's why um, Jack
4: Wilson had that concealed carry, right he wasn't he was he
6: was, he was an instructor. Oh really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's a firearms instructor. I mean, he's obviously an, an ace marksman, and uh, and yes, he's an instructor. And I believe that one of the individuals who was killed was also part of the security team and was carrying a gun. Wow. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, he was not able to get to his gun uh, before. And, and the other, the other man was um, was a, I believe a deacon in the church, and so a very well-liked, well liked, well honored yeah. man. And yeah, so, it's very very so Edwin. We
3: we have uh, found some. Hold on, before before you go there, I want to ask, ask you, Edwin, a criminal trespass. A lot of people are asking us. We're getting a lot of phone calls about, you know, criminal trespass. You know, I have uh, these homeless people in my neighborhood uh, that are, you know, I, I, my neighbor, my house backs up to the green belt. You know, can I shoot and kill someone who's on my property? You know, because there are many criminal trespass on my property.
6: Yeah, we get a lot of questions about criminal trespass as well, uh, because in large part, and it's very, very unfortunate, but we have seen uh, just anecdotally that a lot of times the police do not like to enforce criminal trespass laws. And so and generally the people that are criminal trespassers are more of your vagrant type of individuals who just even if they do get cited or taken to jail, they'll be right back And criminal trespass is one of the very, very few crimes that the Texas Penal Code specifically says that you cannot use deadly force against a criminal trespasser. Now, every time we tell people this, who, of course, believe that the signs that say trespassers will be shot is Mm. good legal advice, Mm. Um, they always respond with, you're telling me that I got (laughs) to let a criminal trespasser get, I got to let him break in my house and shoot my dog and rob my safe. I'm like, no, no, that's not, they, they always take it to the, to the, to, to another level. Yes.
4: Yeah.
6: Criminal trespass is a very specific crime. Okay. It means that somebody is on your property when they have been given notice that they are not allowed to be on your property. Okay. They haven't entered a building. They haven't stolen anything. They haven't, they haven't, you know, uh, they haven't tried to destroy your property or key your car or anything else. They're simply on a piece of property where they have been given notice through many different types of ways. They're not supposed to be there. Okay. What about this? Edwin?
4: What if there is a, you know, Antifa BLM, protest marching through your neighborhood and they are open carrying long rifles and they uh, you know climb over your 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 fence under your yard
6: well um, that is a class a misdemeanor trespassing with a firearm is a class a misdemeanor still criminal trespassing though and so uh, you can use force the penal code is very clear like like
4: you get you, you get like beat
6: him with a pipe you 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 probably could not beat them with a pipe you probably could beat them with your fist but okay. not with a pipe but the thing gotta about settle it things is,
4: like men around here michael
6: <laughs> <laughs> but keep in mind that circumstances can change instantaneously right and so you the spe- the penal code is very specific that you are allowed to use force even if they have a gun a trespasser even if they have a gun because they, yeah, you know, they have a gun. Like I said, criminal trespass normally class B misdemeanor with a gun. It's a class A misdemeanor, and so it is. It is a, a more heightened crime. Uh, but keep in mind that if they have a gun, how it is not difficult to imagine a circumstance whereby their act after they are told, "Hey, you're a trespasser. Get off my property." that it is not difficult to imagine that the circumstances would not evolve so that somebody could truthfully and legally describe the fact that that gun was about to be used against them, thus constituting an attempted murder.
3: Understood. All right. So, yeah, definitely come to class, and we can tell you when you can, like the English, the lady said that who was from from England uh, this week, she said, you know, I just need to know when I can, Papa Cop. So this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
4: This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It.
5: Austin's Talk 1370.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
3: All right, so we're back. We're talking with Edwin Walker with Texas U.S. Law Show. We're just, you know, now we're just asking him some hard questions there. We're we're, going to just pot shot you a little bit there, Edwin. So we got some questions about Colorado. Okay, Mr. Edwin Walker. (laughs) Yes (laughs) Yes
4: <laughs> How you doing, man? Okay, so All right. you, Are you familiar with the situation in Denver Between the uh, Patriot Muster Rally And the NBC television crew camera uh, Security guard, I'm sorry
6: I, I've seen some of the videos
4: So we have some photos that were uh, Casey's going to pull up here They're up right now And basically what happened here Was it appears that there was a sort of an altercation between the security guard for NBC television crew and a member of the militia. And um, the militia member had mace ready, and then he gave a little left-handed slap to the security guard. And after slapping him, he maced him, and the security guard shot him in the head and killed him. Is that reasonable, uh, you know... I don't know the legal jargon, but is that reasonable for this uh, security
6: guard to have done that? Well, it, it certainly um it, it, it it's you know, it's going to depend on what the uh security guard offers as his justification right? as okay. far as uh keep in mind that whenever a case goes to trial um <clears throat> It goes to trial, obviously, because both sides—the prosecution and the defense—thinks that they can convince the jury to agree with them. Uh, The defense, though, theoretically has an easier job because all they have to do is say that the prosecution. Right. The prosecution has to eliminate whenever the defense says it's self-defense, and the jury is presented with that in the jury instruction. Uh, It is the 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 prosecutor has what we call the burden of persuasion um it's part of their burden of proof, their burden of proof, but they have the burden of persuasion to convince the jury beyond a reasonable doubt that there's no possible way that a reasonable person would view this as self-defense. And so imagine that you have just simply a list on a board and the prosecution says these are the reasons that it's unreasonable. Uh, that the 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 guy the, the, the guy who got the deceased didn't have a a deadly weapon. He had a chemical weapon. Um, he was, you know, who engaged the contact. What were there any words that were that could be taken as a threat? And of course, on the other side, of the defense will be arguing things like uh, that the chemical disp- dispensing device is in fact a deadly weapon. Uh, that basically it's an incapacitating weapon, and and also keep in mind that uh, across the board, whether it's Texas or Colorado or any other state, uh, deadly force is not just force that will cause death or is reasonably likely to cause death, but it also includes injuries, serious bodily injuries, okay, so any kind of injury that impedes a major uh, a major life function. Right uh, now, generally, this is meant. You know, this is seen as a you uh, know broken bones, deep lacerations, uh, like punctured stab organs, and punctured organs, things right, like okay. that. Yes, and so I could imagine that one argument would be that obviously uh, pepper spray is an incapacitating agent, and so if the goal is to incapacitate the individual. Thus, allowing uh, the gun, because at that point it would cease to be the you know the 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 shooter's gun. It's now a gun that simply exists in the middle of this conflict, and so if the aggressive individual used an incapacitating agent to attempt to gain access to. Uh, deadly weapon and use it against the other individual, if that is seen as a reasonable belief, or more precisely, the prosecutors failed to eliminate the fact that a reasonable person would believe that that is a reasonable possibility, uh, then, you know, the defendant would be found not guilty in that respect.
3: All right, Edwin, uh, give us some uh, quick um, legal advice here on early voting. It's election day, early, vo- early voting starts Tuesday. You know, can I kick, can I have a sword? Can I have a um, can I take my gun? You know, you know, in, inside the right, grocery now, store if there's a polling location there.
6: Yeah, a polling place uh, is a place where you are not allowed to take a uh, a firearm, any firearm, a club, or a, a <clears throat> pardon me location prohibited uh, uh, knife. And so you could not take your sword. You could not take your club. You can't t- even take anything that would resemble a knife or a club uh, or a, a location-restricted knife or a club. So you can say, this is my flag, and I've got a flagpole. They're probably going to say, hey, that's a club. Just leave it in your car. Uh, and also you cannot take a firearm. Uh, generally, the area of the polling place that is looked at as the prohibited location, and keep in mind, all of these polling places are overseen by an individual called an election judge. And so the election judge basically is the ruler of that polling place. And so whatever that election judge says goes. And if the election judge picks up the phone and calls the police and says, there is a person here who I believe is violating Texas penal code 4603, uh, that election judge's word is going to be gold. You know, you can't argue with the election judge. So, uh, generally, you know, the safest place is to have it in your car. You can have it in your car, uh, even if you are out at the polling locations. Generally speaking, <clears throat> pardon me, the area that the election judge supervises is the area where they put those little signs up that say "no electioneering past this point." And so, be on the lookout for those because uh, if the election judge were to say, "Look, this guy had a gun. He came and he stood. He didn't come into the you know he didn't come into the building, but..." He came through the area where I control. You probably would wind up getting arrested at that point, and then have to fight it out in the courts about whether or not that actually constituted the premises uh, of the area or fell under an exception. And so, you definitely would want to just, uh, you know, keep it in your car just to be safe. Uh, and so, even if you're in an area. That is normally not off limits, like yeah, you mentioned a grocery store or I know that they occasionally have polling places in uh, city halls and in churches, uh, other areas. Um, my polling place happens to be in a school, so I know that I definitely can't carry, you know, in there. Um, but if you're in an area where it's normally not a prohibited location, uh, like I said, your best bet, your best argument about I was just carrying to the grocery store. I wasn't. I didn't. I, w- I didn't come here to vote. I didn't intend to vote. Uh, then just stay away from the cordoned off area where they have the polls set up.
3: Okay. And then my last question for you, Edwin, is uh, on the forty six zero three five. Unlawful carrying of a handgun by license holder. They mentioned they replaced churches number six there with um, with something else. They actually replaced it with civil commitment facilities. What are those?
6: Civil commitment facilities are they they they're they're like mental hospitals, and uh, that is that is actually kind of a change that they uh, put in 4603 in the previous legislative session. Um, Basically, instead of just limiting it to saying you know hospitals, you have these areas where an individual is detained against their will, um, and they have these you know facilities. and it's, it's not like a prison in that they're not technically being punished, but yet they are. Uh, civil commitment facilities are also used for sex offenders uh, where you can, there, there is a, it may surprise a lot of people but um, there is a law in the state of Texas that says that even after a sex offender uh, finishes their punishment, let's say they get certain, you know, they get sentenced to 25 years in prison, they serve all 25 years, they don't get paroled early, they are done with their sentence, the state of Texas still has the ability to go in and say and prove to a judge uh, that This person is still a threat to the community, and so the judge can actually have them recommitted to a facility, and it's considered to be a civil commitment. Uh, Therefore, it doesn't – they're not subject to the same due process protections as a criminal sentence. Okay.
3: All right. Awesome. Man, thank you, Edwin. I appreciate that. All right, so um, as always, you you definitely give us insight into what's going on. You, You update us on what the laws are and Jackie says that's why I'm a member of Texas Law Shield I'm going to remain silent until they show up that's right you have a right to remain silent anything you say mm-hmm. can and will be used against you in a court of law dial 911 first then call your attorney you might even get Edwin Walker thank you Edwin thank you Jackie all right awesome all right Edwin you have a wonderful rest of your day
6: Yes, Michael. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, it's always great to be with to share these Sunday afternoons with you. And uh, you and your whole crew have a great day as well.
3: Awesome. Thank you, Thank you Edwin. All right. So, man, that's it's it's crazy. What's man, going Edwin's on in a great guy. Yeah, great guy, great lawyer. He knows around. too much. I would. Oh man,
4: why do you say that? He just knows everything. He just knows too much. He knows the penal code by heart. <laughs> he, yeah, he really does. I mean, he's he's Is an it, impressive person. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: I I didn't want to take it there, but you guys did. All right, so I I tell you what, you know, next week I'm not sure what we're gonna do, but I do want you, you remember this. People ask me about what are my thoughts about Breonna Taylor case and what's going with that. My thoughts on Breonna Taylor case is the system is designed to protect police officers in the you know, so it's not designed to protect you. In the words of W. E. B. Du Bois, a system cannot fail those it was never built to protect. As always. More guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
4: change
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.